Thank you. Thank you for the kind welcome. And I just always have this thought that um, the world is in need of people who know the voice of God. And certain things don't happen unless you say it. My other thought was, I had it, I was really, I don't know, it was sometime yesterday, I just decided to post it on social media as well. Never stop selling and be an aggressive reaper. A lot of people are aggressive givers, but they're not aggressive harvesters. Harvest time is your busiest time. You're calling that thing in. I call my harvest in every day. It is, um, it, 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 one of the things I, I, I'm learning about the Lord is that um, He's incredibly just. And he, it would like be unjust to go, hey, I'd like you to give sacrificially tonight and you're going to be on your own for the rest of it. <laughs> so it's an act of trust in the justice of God. And, you know, giving, we could talk about the heart tonight, but giving has very little to do with the actual amount of what you're called to give. I mean, it, it does and it doesn't. You, you should give what the Lord told you to give because someone is supposed to benefit from the breakthrough in your hand. But the way the, the kingdom of God is in, intended to operate, you're actually giving it to the king and he has no debtors. And you're also his kid. You know, my mom never sent me to, to school, you know, with, with junky clothes. So... Everything you have need of is taken care of. So it's just really this exchange of the kingdom. And then there's this other side, though, where when, you're, when your mind is still really tapped into this world system thing and you're constantly, you know, you're, you're looking of what you're going to give according to what you have, then he'll really like, he'll really just put the dial down to deliver you from trusting in what's your, in your account to trust him. Because in the world system, it's like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I've saved 20 years for this. It's like, no, no, I, I, I want everything. So I can be your everything. And it's a really wonderful adventure. I mean, I, I, I just think that the Lord really wants to help us. But if, if, you, like, if you don't submit to that, you'll still get to heaven. You'll be confused when you get there because everything's nice. <laughs> And then you'll realize all these years when he was trying to stretch you, he wasn't trying to like freak you out. He was trying to get you to live heaven on earth. Like, and thank God I'm convinced there's a deliverance for you when you get to heaven. They're like, you know, some, people, some believers are going to get very mad. This ain't right. Send them to deliverance. Because <laughs> they're going to have to live here for eternity. They're going to get real mad when we show them the house we have for them. So, you know, it, it's just like, they'll help. You know, like, he went, you know, they went to a dumb church. So just send them, you know, send them to deliverance so they can at least receive the house they have. <laughs> because that's one of the big things in the kingdom. God can't give you something you don't want to receive. So it's like, hey, if you want to take care of yourself, like people, like you put pressure on people when you when you when you're giving offering messages. Like, like no, the pressure's on when you're in the world system. Yeah. I'm trying to pressure them to do what God wants them to do. Yeah. 
Like the pressure is really on if you're your own source of need. That's where the real pressure is. See, that's where the lie, the enemy just twists stuff around, right? I said, the church trying to get your money. Like, no, God's trying to get you to get into that flow of heaven's economy. That's propaganda. Like, you got to resist propaganda even, even when you're around the people of God. How many offerings are you going to take at Redemption House? How many do you need for breakthrough? <laughs> so, you know, and I always tell people when I receive an offering, it's like, if you don't believe this, you don't have to do anything that I'm telling you to. But what I'm telling you is in the Word of God. I just don't think we can do that. That's the thing. You're, you're thinking about yourself. But it's when you and God, it's really good. <laughs> Take the whole pressure off, you know. I, I, one day I got to stand before Jesus anyway. So, and he's more scary than you. But I'd like to see you got to get out of trusting your credit card, trusting your payday by tomorrow, you know, getting a loan that you can't really ever afford. You know, you're never going to pay the car off. They're like, they gave us the, they gave us the loan. Yeah, because you're going to be paying for the next 80 years. Americans think in terms of payment. God wants to be your payment plan. So, wasn't planning on it, but I just felt that to encourage you. He... He really has all the money you'll ever need. And he's not withholding it from you. He's trying, to, he's, trying to, he's trying to be more than enough. And yeah, it'll, it, yes, it will constantly stretch you because he just wants to deliver you of small thinking. But you can trust him because he's faithful. He'll be faithful even when you want to keep being ignorant. But he'd really like you to receive more than enough for every good work. Pleasure to be with you guys. You, you are my family. I always feel at home here. And um, real quick, uh, we have a resource table back there. I encourage you to go back there. I think last year I might have mentioned this. Uh, it's by a father in my life, uh, Dale Mask. It, it's called David Perceived He Was King. It's probably the best book on identity that I've ever read. And I read lots of books on identity because I'm very aware of my issues. So I'm always trying to be proactive in dealing with them. So uh, encourage every leader in this room. And then actually the sequel came out, The Throne of David. Uh, do you know what, what, what is really amazing to me is that Jesus one day, no matter what you think is going to happen at the end or anything like that, he's going to sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem, not Washington, D.C., And I'm fascinated that Jesus identifies with a weak man and he's going to sit on that throne. This is called uh, Leadership and Authority. And I, and I encourage you to get both of these tonight. They're 15. And then this is also a conference I did with him a few years ago. He also opens up some of that on identity. So uh, if you desire that, I encourage you to go back there and buy everything back there. Leaders are readers. If you never read, you'll never grow. I know people get real spiritual, like, I just read the Bible. Great, you'll get one perspective. Anyway, so I encourage you to read. Read, read something that will help you. Uh, can you just lift your hands? I, I come in agreement with that. I do believe it's a night of physical miracles. And Father, we just thank you for everything you've done tonight. 
Father, I uh, just bind any deaf and dumb spirit here tonight that would keep your people from hearing. Open their eyes and open their ears. We thank you, Lord, that there's a revelatory spirit here, Lord, that you're opening up your word to us. This is, uh, we just thank you for the angel of the Lord that opens revelation to us. Let it be like those two disciples who walk with you on the road to Emmaus. Father, I ask for words from heaven that shape earth. Without you, I can't do anything, but with you, I can do all things. We thank you in advance for miracles. Uh, someone, you have pain in um, I was thinking right, but pointing to my left. Uh, you have a pain. Actually, both your shoulders, just be healed. The Lord heals you right now. Father, we ask for words from heaven, and we ask that, um, I just see this, this stamp from heaven. Lord, we just thank you for the stamp of heaven that we're on your time clock tonight. And uh, we also just call things, be not as though they are, because they will be. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to begin, I think, part one tonight, I think. I think because you just never know, you know. Sometimes you think you know something and then you don't really know. So Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. And this is going to be fun for me because the Lord is opening up a subject to me and I'm finally having some language for it. But Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, a king of Judah, a certain pr priest named Zacharias, of the vision of Ab Abjai, was his wife uh, was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both... Uh, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of, of the Lord and blameless. We'll look at that in a minute. It's really important. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both uh, well advanced in years. So it was while he was serving as the priest before God in the order of division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. That's also really important. And your wife will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And, and, and you will have joy and gladness. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Notice here, he's giving them a good message. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall neither drink uh, wine nor strong drink. That means he was evangelical. He, was, he, will also most, he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many from the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, to the disobedient, to the wisdom, and to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of, the, of God and was sent to speak to you and bring to you glad tidings. But behold, you will be made to be mute and not able to speak in these days. These things take place because you did not believe my words which we will fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. So they were Pentecostal also. And when he, they stayed a long time. 
The Baptist had already left. <laughs> but when he came out, he could not speak to them. Then they perceived he had a vision in the temple, for he had beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as the days of his service were completed, he departed when his own house. Now after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, was conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, just as a thought, if, if you're going to come tomorrow, and hopefully we will get to part two, there is, there, there was, it was necessary to have a John before there was a Jesus. So that's just a, a minor point. But let's look at the back, background of Zacharias. Zacharias, he's obviously a priest. He's married to Elizabeth. He's descendant of Aaron. And he's, uh, these are an elderly couple, and they live in Judah. Zacharias means God remembered. That's important to the story because when you name something in Scripture, or in the, the Jews knew this, when they were naming a child, they were actually prophesying their identity. That's why it's important to know what, you, what your name means because God is prophesying your identity. When you name something, you prophetically call the characteristics that God has intended that to be, to be something. So you've got to remember, God, his name is actually God remembered. He knew that. So here's what's really interesting. Zacharias, we see that he is righteous, he's in right standing before the Lord, and he's, he, he, notice the angel too, it's really interesting. He says, I've heard your prayer. Yeah. However, Zacharias has forgotten his identity, and he's failed to understand the nature and the character of God. He's actually, this is really interesting, he's actually asking God for something he doesn't have the faith to receive. It's really interesting to me. Here's the other part, because it says he was serving. He's serving on the outside. He is doing, oh my, this bothers me when this happens. Excuse me. He is serving and he is doing everything correct on the outside. He is doing what God asked him to do, but on the inside, something is shifted that causes him to have an inability to receive from the Lord what God is asking of him. So he's serving a God, yet he does not understand a vital aspect of the nature of the God he is serving. This is really important because... There, there's, a, there's a thought that I've been, I've been meditating on this over and over again. When Paul, he saw, notice he changed his name. He needed a change in name because he was prophesying the new nature. He get, he, he get you know, the Holy Spirit knocks him down. Because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, right? And <laughs> we just make up a bunch of stuff to make people feel comfortable, you know, like... It's amazing. It's amazing to me. Jesus cast out demons, and now, like, like many Western churches, like, come and be comfortable. <laughs> come and be comfortable with your demons. The rest of us are bringing demons too, so you'll be right at home. It gets real quiet when you say that. It's true. It's another thing. People like. Anyway, there's so much weird intellectual stuff in America today. I heard one spirit-filled pastor say, you know, when you get mature, you don't need tongues. Your mama. <laughs> no, he said, he goes, when you get mature, you don't need tongues anymore. <laughs> yeah, I need them. <laughs> I guess Paul wasn't mature yet. 
But there's, he, not, he gets, Paul gets knocked down and, and Jesus speaks to him. He goes, why are you persecuting me? That's really interesting. You know why it's really interesting? Because Jesus is not on the earth. But apparently, when you mess with Jesus' kids, it's like you're touching him. But the obligation there is this. You're walking around and you're supposed to look like him. So when you don't understand him, you misrepresent him. You say, I love the Lord. And people are like, I don't want to love the Lord like that. <laughs> because when they're looking at you, they should see the face of Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I'm going to keep going. As, in, as ambassadors of God, when we fail to understand God, we fail in representing Him to the world. The chief aim of every disciple should be to understand the beauty of God. Because when you see God, you see who you're called to be. A fruit that we understand the beauty of God is that we represent Him well. On the outside, he continues to perform his priestly duties, but within his heart are issues that define how God will relate to him. Now, this is, the, this is a good part of the story. God doesn't throw him away and still fulfills his purpose, but he's got to deal with him at a certain level. Hopefully tomorrow you'll see Mary asks a question and she gets to talk. He's dealing with people at different levels. It's a wonderful thing to walk with God, but the sort of closer you get to him, the scarier it gets because the responsibility becomes higher. Like Moses, it's that rock. And he goes, you're not going in, but they're going to go in. He's like, I'm leading. I'm on the prophet. He goes, I know, but I'm holding you higher, higher responsibility. So I had this thought this week when I was looking at this over there. Are we prepared to fully engage when the Holy Spirit grants us life-changing moments that are supposed to define us? And then here's the phrase that, that really, that's been, the Lord's just been like, it's really interesting, just the last months. He's been saying this. He says, it's what's on the inside of you that defines you. It's what's on the inside of you that defines you. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks, so is he. John 6, 28 and 29, when they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered them and said, excuse me, this is the work of God that you may believe in him whom we sent. Notice, you can't see somebody's belief system. It's on the inside of them, but it defines the way they behave. So he says, if you're, belie if you're believing correctly, then you'll act correctly. Mark 16. These signs will follow, notice he says, he doesn't say those that go to the school of healing and impartation, those that get prayed for eight times, those that believe. The signs follow that you believe. And it leads us also to something that I don't think is talked about much, and it's this, that biblically, the heart, and as I, 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 sometimes the Lord just really confirms, I don't know if you realize how many times he said heart today. In the Bible, the, the, the heart is referenced 114 times. It's talking about the human heart. It most, it most rarely ever actually talks about your organ. But in biblically speaking, the heart 
is where you make decisions of acting and willing and determining choice. The heart is the center of decisions. It's where conversion takes place. The, heart, the heart's function as the source of thought and reflections is intellectual in its capacities. Heart, I missed this part of it to, to define this. Heart is the center. That's why it says out of your uh, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water because you think from here, not from here. Your intellect only follows what it believes in here. The heart's function as a source of thought and reflections its, its intellectual capacities. To hold, one, to hold truth in one's heart is to understand it fully in a way that will impact one's life. Conversely, when people do not take something to heart, they fail to understand it in a, in a manner that actually makes a difference in their life. And this is a really big deal because a lot of believers have intellectual agreements about ideas about God, but never have fully grasped it or experienced it deep within their heart. The heart provides wisdom to rule justly and wisely. All, all, all these are scriptural reference. And discerns good and evil. In Luke's story, which we'll hopefully look at tomorrow, hopefully, maybe, in Luke's story, in the birth of Jesus, Mary treasures all the things that are happening in her heart and pondering them. This is an indication that she's intent on understanding these things in a profound and a significant way. It's the seed of understanding. Why, why did he say? He, uh, Paul says, when he talks in uh, 2 Corinthians, he doesn't say it's blinded their mind. He says it's blinded their hearts. Acts 2, they were what? They weren't cut to the mind, they were cut to the heart. A matter of the heart is a spiritual matter, not a physical or literal one. In Jesus' parable of the sower, the word of God is sown, what? In a heart. He says in John that out of the believer's heart will flow rivers of living water. Ephesians 3, he speaks of Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. So our heart is what defines our behavior. Our behavior defines the fruit that we will produce upon the earth. The goal of the... I know this is simple, but I, I want to hopefully look at something here in a minute that's really interesting to me. The goal of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is to make us like Jesus. If you look at some of the stories, especially what we're going to look at one here, the, the woman with the issue of blood, I always picture myself receiving from Jesus in that way. However, I've been seeing it from a different perspective over the last few months, and it's this, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. So when she reaches out, he's, she's reaching out to Jesus, the Son of Man. And when she touches Jesus, the Son of Man, what is on the inside of him is what she receives. I always like the mistake testimonies. I was in uh, Texas a few weeks ago. Quite honestly, I was tired. And uh, this lady came up to me. I guess she was pushing through. And I was on my way out. You know, most people had left for the night because I went long. <laughs> I've been known to do that. <laughs> yeah, the three over there and the other like, I'm tired already. But... <laughs> But, and she goes, I, I, she's just pray for me. And she comes up to me, she goes, 
my ear, I don't know how many years, I couldn't hear out of it, but when you prayed, I was prophesying over it, just like her, the other, she's like, it opened up. And so I saw Jesus walk right between you, and I saw, Jesus just opened my ear. It's what's on the inside of you. So look at um, Matthew 9. And suddenly, verse 20, a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. This is you, King James. She, for she said to herself, the King James I really like because she said, says this, for she said within herself. She already saw it. We'll look at here in a minute. Your heart has eyes. If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, your faith has made you well. Notice he didn't say, My power has made you well, but the power was actually residing on the inside of him. Notice it's her belief system that's affecting what she receives from him in that moment. This is the Messiah. There's no way I'm going to touch him and not be made whole. Be of good cheer, and the woman was made well from that hour. When the woman touched Jesus, she received her healing because wholeness and life was the prevailing mindset on the inside of Jesus. And then what did Jesus teach us? Don't look here, don't look there. The kingdom is within you. If we're to imitate Jesus, which is the apostolic command, that's really important because it, it, this is sometimes challenging for, for American believers to understand. Like, Jesus does not give you an option. There is no buffet in the kingdom of God. Now, you can choose not to want it, but then you will live in a deficit in that area of your life. So, the, when, he, so when Paul makes a statement, be ye imitators of Jesus, he says, he's, not, he's not like a passive, like, hey, if you want to, you know, if you're feeling good about it, you know, if you think you want to commit to that. He says, be imitators of God. And here's what I've learned. A posture of surrender is the key that unlocks our heart to all that God intended. Amen. It's really, really important because in the kingdom of God, you do not achieve. If you ever think you're the source, you're really going to mess that thing up and live with religious spirits dancing through you. And, you know, you'll think you're, you know, I'm doing something. You know, I would never do that. All that stuff. He is the source. But you cannot receive unless your heart is positioned in a submitted way. A posture of surrender is the posture of the heart. Here's the, here's the, here's the example that Jesus set for us. How many know that Jesus is exactly, was exactly like us and that he could choose what he wanted to do? That 
aspect of Jesus is one of the most beautiful things I could ever think of. Because if there's anyone who could have just like, I'm done, like, I'm done with this. Peter's still cussing, you know, Judas is still in money, he doesn't want deliverance, and, you know, you know if there's anyone who could have said, I'm leaving that church, it could have been Jesus, I'm done. I'm perfect, and they're still criticizing me. You want to talk about being misunderstood. Almost everything he said was misunderstood. So he's got a free choice. He's just like Adam in that way. But he goes, this is what he says. This is his confession. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. What's he opening up to us? A lot is talked about the mind of Christ, but he's opening this up right here. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, you are my source of all strength. And I am not here on my own. You've sent me as a sent one. So he likens it to food. Can't walk this earth without food. So he realizes his greatest joy on walking his ministry on earth is to do everything the Father asked him to do. There was no other options there. So the good news is this. The Holy Spirit has promised not to guide us into some truth, but to all truth. All truth. And a truly, this is what I've learned with the Lord. Okay, I'll, I, I don't normally share things like this, but a few years ago, or no, a few, week, a few months ago, I was flying somewhere in the middle of the country. I think I was flying home from somewhere. I was kind of tired. And um, the Lord speaks to me. I wasn't really looking for him to tell me something like this. He said, the reason I don't have to judge you is you judge yourself. So I've never had to tell other people to get you in line. Really? Yeah, he goes, yeah, you, when, when, you, when you do things wrong, you, you take care of it. A truly sincere heart will always be guided into truth. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And then here's the prophetic nature of that. He will tell you things to come. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to tell the prophets only. I'm going to tell every believer things to come because I want you to shape the future of the earth. What's really important about this is how God reveals truth to us. And this is also, I keep doing this, but it's okay. Double knot. Double knot. Thank you. It's prophetic. Everything's prophetic. The reason, hey. The reason, now let's, let's focus back. The reason a correctly postured heart is so important is this. is because 
the nature of how God wants to teach you is constantly progressive. There's something, there's a very interesting exchange that's fascinated me for a number of years now in Mark 2. And it's this. The Pharisees and the disciples of John come to Jesus and they ask him a question. And they say, how come you're not fasting now? Outside. Do you know the Lord spoke to me years ago? He said, only you and I will ever know if you're actually doing what I've called you to do. Because there'll come a time there's such favor on your life, money will happen, open doors will happen, opportunities will happen, books are going to happen, but only you and I will ever know if you're doing what I actually told you to do. You have to ask yourself why you do what you do. Not just what you're doing, but why you do what you do. It's really important. Because on the day of judgment, you don't just get judged for what you did, you get judged for the motive of it. That means even if you did that meeting with 10,000 people, but you did it to show off your gifts, even if people got saved. See, we spiritualize everything. Ah, people got saved. <laughs> and God's going, well, I never asked you to do it. But you have an anointing for finances on your life, so I gave you the money to do it. You misused what I asked you to do. He's a good father, so he's not going to like stop you at every turn. He will sometimes. That'll save you a lot of energy of doing things you were never called to do. Some people are so, so, so tired. Well, maybe you're doing some things God never called you to do. That was a side rabbit there. <laughs> they asked him this question, why aren't you fasting? He goes, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? And then he gives that famous line. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. It's not a teaching again. We can, all, we can all hopefully agree that fasting is a right New Testament practice. But a right New Testament practice incongruent to what God is emphasizing is wrong in that season. So he basically tells him, right, not to get into the whole background of that story, but a, a time when, when, when you had a wedding feast was seven days then, and no one would think of fasting because it was the wrong time to do that. It was a celebration. So what he's telling him, and what he, catch who's asking him that. The people committed to the law, which is the word then, and also, this, is, this will be really helpful for all of us, John's disciples, these are not people who, who could not hear the voice of God. In fact, they were, they were on the cutting edge of what God was doing. Most people are like, that, that's not from God. And they were like, this is God. Humility. In one season, they're nailing it. Got it. We're with God. We're in the revival right now. In the next season... They are doing things completely incongruent to what God is doing in the earth. But watch the nature of truth. He says, no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Notice he doesn't say the old wine is obsolete. The new wine 
goes with the old wine in a new wineskin. The wineskin is your ability and your mind to receive truth upon truth upon truth. That's part of our problem, especially in some charismatic circles, because they want to throw out the old wine. They got a revelation of grace, but they don't got a full revelation of who God is. And they're filtering everything through one lens. And when you filter everything through one lens and think you're the man, you're in real trouble. Now catch the full extent of that, though. This is the reason why it's so important, though, that you keep the foot down on allowing God to grow you in truth. Because where you, where you cease to grow, and there may be things that you emphasize your whole ministry, your whole life, your whole thing, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But where you cease to grow in truth, what happens? Some of them do turn later. But Judaism as a whole didn't advance into receiving the truth of Jesus as the Messiah. So Judaism as a whole, right now on the earth, except for Messianic Judaism, which receives Jesus, is completely obsolete. So you will be completely obsolete unless you're going from faith to faith and glory to glory and in the river and in the flow of constantly receiving truth upon truth upon truth upon truth upon truth upon truth upon truth. There's a reason that even if you go to Toronto today, they are not singing, Lord, let your glory fall here. Let it go far from here to the... That's what he sang in 95. They're singing a different sound because it's a different season. So the nature of truth is that God reveals to us truth in degrees. Truth is based upon the knowledge of God. What reveals the knowledge of God to us is the spirit of revelation, which is a work of the Holy Spirit. The reason revelation is so important, what I'm, what I'm talking about revelation obviously doesn't go beyond the word of God. No, it is worth saying. People are like, I don't know if this is in the scripture. Then sit down. <laughs> so you figure it out. I'm serious. Revelation is so critical, God tells us, right? Without prophetic insight, the people of God perish. That's where we can get into doing dead religious works that we did 10 years ago because God still showed up. When there's not revelation, increase, understanding. It's gotten very quiet, but I'm right. <laughs> revelation gives us understanding of the knowledge of God and is the foundation for understanding the kingdom of God. Look at Ma Matthew 16. Pick it up in verse 14. So they said to him, some say, they asked him, who do you think that I am? Some say uh, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to him, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter in answer said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. So he got, he's got a revelation there. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he said, the intellect can't reveal, but this is revealed knowledge to you. And this is what he said. And I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. So what's he saying? Yes, he's saying on the statement he just made, but let's bring it a further point. 
on revelation is how I build my church. Without revelation, I can't build my church. Without the spirit of understanding coming to my people, they can't see what I want them to see. Revelation, which I spoke about a moment ago, was always meant to be progressive. Without progression, you will cease to be relevant. It doesn't mean you won't have any fruit because biblical principles will always work in your life, but you won't be going that. I'll just give you one example. Uh, you know, I remember, it's over 20 years ago. I read, come on, John 14, 12. Oh, if I believe, I'll do greater works. So I started out just uh, praying for the person in front of me. Never got a word of knowledge in my life. And I started learning about words of knowledge. What am I doing? I'm learning truth and then God is unwrapping it for me. But you also have to act on it. That's one area. One, another area was, I talked about a minute, economic system. He said, the Lord spoke to me. I didn't grow up poor, thank God. And, uh, you know, I, my parents were blessed to the Lord, but they were givers. They took, my mom taught me how to be a giver at an early age. I'm praying one day, and the Lord speaks to me. He said, he said your grandfather, my grandfather was a preacher, was an amazing man and preacher of the gospel. But he never broke the spirit of poverty off his ministry. And I'm going to teach you how to break the spirit of poverty through radical generosity. Revelation. Now, i got to begin to act on that. And as you go down that path, you begin to, he begins to reveal truth to you and understanding, but he's never finished. And humility has to be a core value of your life, the ability to let other people speak into your life. Look at Ephesians 1. This is what he prays. Therefore, after, also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, Ephesians 1, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And then what did Peter say? Notice the apostolic commands. Grow in the knowledge of God. Don't grow in what Fox News says. Don't grow. Definitely don't grow in what Bernie says. America is a great country when you can write a book about systems that don't work and become a millionaire. God bless that man. <laughs> you know, like, think about the irony of that. He goes, I'm a millionaire. You know? <laughs> I made a million bucks about writing a book about something that doesn't work. You know? <laughs> and I want you to pay more taxes, but I won't pay until I make a law that says I should, you should do it. The knowledge of God. That the eyes, now the older manuscripts are this. It actually says that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Enlightened means to quicken in faculty of vision to enable you to see more clearly. 
I want to suggest to you that he would not pray this prayer if it wasn't possible for you to have eyes and ears to see and you can be looking at something but not perceive what's there. You cannot receive what you cannot see or hear. Jesus performs the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, correct? He says, we're going to go to the other side. Gets a storm, they go nuts. Like, ah! And this is what he tells them. For they had not understood about the loaves and the fishes because their heart was hardened. They couldn't understand even though he's moving right in front of them. He is actually giving them revelation of who he is. And they're watching him do it, but they can't understand because their heart is not positioned correctly. So you can be watching something, but with your heart not positioned correctly, you will not perceive what's taking place. I know that's a really strong word, but it's absolutely true. So that's why it's so important to progress in truth and not miss an opportunity to hear life-giving words from heaven. It's amazing to me that people now treat the gathered community as something they fit into their schedule rather than their priority. Oh, you know, we had, you know, and there's nothing wrong with going out of town and joining your family. Well, you, you know, we had people in town. So? Well, you know, just we stayed up real late Saturday. Well, who controls that? So here's a question that's important. Have you made a decisive decision to allow kingdom truth to penetrate every part of your life? And have you made opportunities for yourself to hear? Here's some fruit, whether that is a real decision. Do you give priority and first place to fellowship with God in your life? A big part of this is, is God your source? Well, you know, I'm really busy. Okay. When you're faced with a situation, any situation in your life, do you ask yourself, what does the Word of God say? And when you're walking with the Lord, I find that He's incredibly practical. And what I mean by that is, He will present you with, like, He's, he's kind of sneaky funny. He puts, like, he's in, like, He is not divorced from everyday life. So like, you know, like, where you're like, I just want to be like you, Lord. And then that person cuts you off when you're leaving church. And the first word that comes out of your mouth is not shikamahaya. He's going. He's identifying a root in your heart 
that is conscious. It's not mean, but it's not because he's mean or cruel. He's actually answering your prayer. And you could just say, well, you know, I just, I just, you know, my family's like, you're in a new family. You got new blood running through you. So he will allow situations in your life. I remember years ago, I was flying, home, uh, flying to, uh, from New York to, to somewhere in the Caribbean. It was really early in the morning. And the, um, and the, the lady at the counter there was, was not very kind to me. So I returned the favor. And, and, I, and I walked away. I remember walking away from the counter and I re- realized something is wrong. Not, not wrong with them. Something's wrong with me. So I, I repented to the Lord. I remember getting home. I couldn't wait. I called my friend. See, it's good to have friends. You've got to ask yourself, if you don't have anyone you, you, you can confide in or grow in, you've got to ask yourself what's going on there too. But I remember I said to him, I said, hey, and, and I, I, I like to tell it all. I like to tell him even things I didn't even say, things that I was thinking. Because those will become actions one day if I don't deal with those. Now, God forgave me, but I said, here's what I, I, I believe the Lord showed me. This was the root of this. And so I want, I, I'm going to confess this to you, and I want you to come into agreement with me that this never happens again. Never happened again. Now, I was tempted to go back to rebuild that root in my life. At least that I can say, by the grace of God, I've never done that again to someone. I, I, I've noticed, I noticed you like, like even when they're like, at least put your, that you put it the other day, yesterday, or this morning, I don't remember even what them. put it up here. Yes, ma'am. Just smile at her. Thank you for your status. Thank you for helping me today. I don't know. Apparently, they don't pay Delta people enough. I don't know what's going on there. (laughs) Do you allow others to speak into your life? Do you give space for the Word of God? It's one of the things I'm really learning these days. Just be open. You like one of those like, like I'm good. No, you're not. No, 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 you're not. Listen, everyone in this room has issues. <laughs> no. And. And to, to, deny, to, do, to deny your issues does you no good. It's not like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are like, oh yeah, that's right, they don't have any issues. And you don't, you don't go, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about like going around like trying to find everything. No, that's what I'm talking You walk with the Lord. He'll start going, hey, I need you to adjust here. 
Need you to adjust here. Need you to adjust here. But this whole thing, like, I'm good. And then you come into worship and just soothe all those demons you got. It's true. What's the point of just doing all this dancing if you ain't going to change? It's just a bunch of religious exercises. I mean, I mean, I like all the wild stuff. I do. You know, I'm in anything God is in. I celebrate it with you. But we have to get to the root foundations of these things because the reason this is so important, this is such a season of revelation in the earth. And the Lord would say, I'm unlocking heaven for my people as never before. There are treasures and jewels and wisdom and understanding and grace to overcome. Grace to overcome every evil work. Grace to turn back even which has held your family in bondage for years. So the Lord would say, I'm unlocking your ears even tonight to hear and to see and to perceive so that you may advance. But you must step in, says the Lord, to grace to position your heart correctly. For though you can be inside of a door, you can fail to see what I put inside that door for you. But the Lord would say, there is a liberating grace here tonight. To hear and to perceive and to walk with me in a new cadence. I see like six months ago, it was like the lion of the tribe of Judah roared in this community. And it lifted things up. Caused some, it was like a, a Holy Spirit tornado. And some would say, what just happened here? But the Lord said, I released a tornado to expose what needed to be built firm in the foundation." I want to build this house, says the Lord, for the long haul. I don't want it to be a shooting star. For the Lord says there's been many who have tried to build and they heard correctly to build, but the foundation wasn't built correctly. And they lost heart, or some even gave in to religious systems of man. And though the crowd came, it wasn't what I intended. And so the Lord would say, this is a house of deep foundations. This is a house where I want to build strong. This is a house that I want to build for generation to generation, from glory to glory. And so the Lord says, even tonight, I'm opening a door into a, a strengthening season, a building season, but a season where you make sure the foundation is postured correctly. And so the Lord, I see Jesus opening a door for the people of God in this room. For have I not said the entrance of my word brings light? And so the Lord says, the word of the Lord is going to come as never before. It's going to come on this holy platform. It's going to come through the people of God. It's going to come through many men and women of God. And so the Lord says, listen, hear, and perceive correctly. 
And the Lord says, I see it's like your ears are being popped to hear as never before. So there is a release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation, says the Lord. Eyes to hear and ears to perceive. For the understanding that I want to give my people in this house, I want it to be unprecedented. For truly, you are a forerunner house. And the Lord says, don't give in to that pressure to be tame, because you're a wild stallion. But wild stallion, says the Lord, with firm foundations. The Lord says, not wild and weird, wild with firm foundations. Wild and also knowing where you're going. So the Lord says, I want to give you understanding of the next 10 to 12 years of the future of this house. And the way you position yourself, the Lord says, in this season will determine your ability to build correctly. I just see seeds of the word of God just falling in this room. Just encourage you, just lift your hands and just, some of you will feel like, how? Like things going right in your heart. And the Lord says a sign to some of you that a new song is going to flow. A new song is going to flow. It'll flow. And new tongues. The Lord says some of you, I'm going to change your tongues because you need to change your language. There's five angels. I just see them. And they're on assignment. And the Lord says, it's critical. It's critical. You hear what I'm saying. Because those angels are going to go on assignment for you. And they're going to move in the unseen realm. And they're going to move on your behalf to do everything you're called to be. And the Lord says to his people, I'm a good father. I'm a good father with good gifts and a glorious future for you. But I'm trying to teach you how to cooperate with my world. In my world, it's the unseen that defines what is seen. It was the Holy Spirit who brewed over the face. But it wasn't until there was a speaking that things happened. So here, speak. And declare what I'm saying. <laughs> I just see I just keep seeing seeds of the word of God just fall.
just want to I just want to look at something real quick. Just hold on just a second there. We're, we're going to land the plane here. Look at, um, just felt this from the Lord before we close tonight. John 8, 28. I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's an unprecedented spirit of revelation in the earth in this season. John 8, 28. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And I did, the reason I said that is because there's a premium on what the people of God are speaking. But obviously, it's not just anything we want to say. It's direct words from heaven. Anytime I have a challenge or anything, time the Lord's asked me to believe for something, I go, God, how do you see this and how do we pray? Because you, you pray those words, you're praying a direct hit and exactly that will bring you the answer to your prayers, but also an unseen realm moves on your behalf. Look at Psalm 91. Verse 9, because you've made the Lord who is your refuge even the most high your dwelling place. What's that talk about? You prioritize being a friend of God. No evil will befall you. No evil will befall you. No evil will befall you. No plague come near your dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all you. That's why words are so important because those angels, we'll see in a minute, they move when you speak what he said. Some people's angels don't have anything to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm losing my mind. And they're going. They're giving you the stinky face and you don't even know it. What's that fool talking about? It's true. Oh, things are, you know, I just feel so overwhelmed. And little demons love those words. Because they'll, they'll help you be overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 103. We will close here. Thank you, Lord. The Lord, verse 19, Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established His throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Over all. I love that. I love that song. You have no rivals. You have no equals. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. When you speak God's word, they don't know if it's God or you. They just know that's the word of God and I've got to do what the word of God tells me to do. Same thing. So there's a premium. I want to say to you, there's not anything you're facing tonight that God has not made provision for you to overcome. I was thinking of this phrase. I was thinking of this phrase, you know, the world, I don't know how, where it started in the world. Yeah, it's not what you know, it's who you know. 
Think about who you know. <laughs> You're in business with the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And you can also break free of that shame, guilt thing. The love of God is a declaration of who God is, not who you is. It's who He can be for you. You're like, oh, I've messed up a lot. I know, He works with really messed up people. You're like, I've had four marriages. I know, He works with that too. I've been tormented my whole life. He works for that too. And one of the keys is to... One of the keys, I will. But one of the keys is to receive what he's saying in that moment so you can progress. Thank you, Lord. I just feel this from the Lord. For some of you, quite honestly, it might be actually just showing up every Sunday. Don't blame the devil for sleeping. Oh, the devil just got... No, the devil had nothing to do with it. And if you got trouble... Get a good friend that will come to your house and go, get out of bed. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing, man? You're amazing. You're amazing. You don't need to be smoking cigarettes. God can help you with that. You're like, I, you know, I just have such trouble understanding the word. Have someone read it to you. Listen to it in the car. Get a CD player. You can do it. You're like, I don't understand it. I said, welcome to the club. We're understanding together. I don't understand most days, but I... But you can. You can. And if you got things that just keep blocking you up, he came to set the captives free. Get your blind eyes open. The enemy loves keeping people blind. Don't let him keep it in that shame, guilt thing. He just, God doesn't do that. People do that. Your mom might do that. She's well-meaning, but you know, you don't have to live under that yoke. Shame and guilt are nasty things. You're like, I really messed up this week. You know, I just feel embarrassed to show up. No, you need to be here. Keep getting up. Keep getting up. Jesus has got his arms wide open. I'm here to help you. You're like, well, I messed up again. I'm here to help. I, well, I, I keep making vows. I can't keep. I said, that's the problem. You keep making the vows. But I can help you. I'm here for you. The gospel in its purest form is God extended to man in all their weakness to bind up the brokenhearted, to set liberty those who are captive. Addiction will set you free. Your mind will set you free. Poverty will set you free. It's all really good news. Receive this word tonight. If you receive it, just lift your hands. Father, you, 
Thank you because you're kind. Thank you because you're good. And thank you because your mercy endures forever. So I bless your people with mercy, goodness, and kindness. I just see this picture of just Jesus just embracing us tonight. beautiful picture. I just see Jesus. He's, a, he's, he's standing like right with me and his just arms are wide open. Some of you don't even know it, but you there's like um, there's like a uh, a spear in your throat. And it's because the enemy has kept you in intimidation and frustration for years. But by the authority God has given me, I say, be free! In Jesus' name. Be free! To be everything that God's called you to be. Be free to receive His kindness tonight. Be free to open your mouth. Be free to receive from the table of the Lord. And there's others in this room. You know you're sitting at the table of the Lord, but you're sitting as a beggar. God, please help me. And God says, you don't have to beg, son and daughter. You sit with full rights at the table of the Lord. Everything that I have is yours. Some of you, it's going to feel like a string being pulled from heaven. You don't even know you, you, you think towards God like that. But by the authority God has given me, I say be free! Whoa. Be free of wrong identity. May you see yourself as a king and priest as never before sitting at the table of the Lord with full rights. No more begging. No more pleading with God. Just, I heard this in my spirit. Somebody just said maybe a few days ago, God, if you'll just help me with this. He said, I'll help you. But the word of the Lord says you have to do what he asks you to do. That's actually for more than one of you. I just see the like um, spirit of God just moving like a snake. Not a bad snake, it's a good snake. That's just how I picture it. It's like moving through this auditorium and it's healing bodies. Arthritis be healed. I believe somebody's got a condition in your right eye. The Lord Jesus heals you. Right shoulder be healed. Someone in this room, you are overwhelmed with confusion. Peace to you in Jesus' name. Be free of confusion.
someone else, a, a woman in this room, you, you have felt um, betrayed. And it's like you've given it to the Lord, but it feels like there's like this knife in your heart. And I actually see the hand of Jesus put his hand on your knife, on your heart, and you'll, you'll feel fire! And as that hand goes on your heart, it dissolves that, that it felt like it went, stabbed you right in there. It felt like it had been stuck there at least seven years. And I say, be free tonight in Jesus' name. Be free. Be free. Be free. Some of you will feel like oil on your head because a new season of spirit of wisdom and revelations unlocking to you. Dave, I see this angel to your right. It's got this big scroll. And it's putting this... Um, actually, yeah, he's putting this scroll in your mouth. And wisdom and understanding are your portion as never before. It's going to be accelerated. The Lord says, mark this day in the next three months. It'll be accelerated as never before. And I'm going to give you understanding for redemption house, for your life, for your family. And the Lord says, for this region. The Lord says, I want you to think regionally and apostolically from this day forward. Now, if you receive what God's doing in this room, I just encourage you to stand right here because I just see oil just falling. Just lift your hands, just receive. Some of you will feel it like fire. Some of you feel fire on your feet because it'll feel, it's, it's a sign to you that fire. Yeah, just stand on your feet. There's just oil. Just, yeah. Some of you feel like just oil just falling. Others, you will feel fire on your feet. telling you there's an impartation right now just receive it just engage the Lord I feel like the Lord just wants from your own heart just just however you need to do that even words that come out of your Lord I position myself from this day forward to receive everything you have to tell me more Lord just increase your presence I see on my right I see on my right, it's like a rain just falling. I see on my left, just like, like oil, just pow, pow, pow. Whoa. Whoa. Some of you, I just see the angel of the Lord just lifting off burdens and weights. He said to cast all your burden on him for he cares for you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm telling you, just engage with the Lord right where you are. Engage with the Lord right where you are. Jesus himself is in this room to minister to you. I believe somebody's right ear, the Lord just popping open your right ear. I don't know if that's physical, but you'll actually feel like a pop because you're going to hear the voice of the Lord as never before. 
it's on. I just see notes. The song of the Lord. Jeremy, the song of the Lord is going to be released as never before.